Enjoy the inspiration and the introspection on the River Rain Show. Hi there, I'm Catherine Allen. I'm your host, and I'm a clairvoyant medium, astrologer, and I'm the author of a book called A Little Bit of Intuition. On the River Rain Show, I like to help empower people. I like to help you go deeper. I like to help you think of things in a new way that might shift your paradigm. A lot of people feel that they're on a crossroads uh, when they come to spiritual things. And I like to help you by taking you a little bit into your truer feelings, trusting your gut about your situation, helping you with how to make healthy decisions when you're at these crossroads, all with the perspective or the lens of metaphysical and spiritual information that comes with it. So I play a wide variety of music from all different eras. I might play some um, TV show themes. I might read some poetry or some quotes, all meant to consolidate the theme and to empower you to trust yourself. When you trust yourself, your life will flow. The more you learn to trust yourself more intimately, the more your life will flow and the more the magic will happen. And that's what I genuinely want for everybody. So welcome to the River Rain Show.
Good evening. Welcome to the River Rain Show. We're December 14th and we have had a full solar eclipse today. So maybe you felt it. <laughs> maybe you've been feeling it for the past few days or the past week or maybe it's coming in the next few days. But at some point, usually the intensity, some sort of flip-flop, shape-shifting, decision point... You thought it was this, but it's not. You know, some sort of situation that tends to surprise us or reveal or um, bring a, you know, bring us to a point that we didn't expect can sometimes come with an eclipse. And this particular eclipse, I've noticed a lot of people telling me in the last week or so that they've been feeling sort of off, sort of sick. A lot of people telling me about headaches and, uh, feeling sick, nauseous, and it's not COVID-related. This is, this is just people having anxiety or particularly the headache thing, though, dizzy. And when many, many people tell me the same symptoms in the same week and they can't figure out why, that's when I start to say, well, maybe, maybe it's something bigger than us. So if you're feeling this, then you are definitely not alone there's many people who feel the collective energy, um, which is pretty intense this whole year. You know, despite how we all choose to cope with it differently, when there's a pandemic that's global, there's a level of fear in the air everywhere you go and in all of us somehow. And how do people deal with fear? Some people deal with fear with anger. Some people deal with it by shutting down. Some people get very depressed. Some withdraw. Some, you, you know, go on adrenaline about some other thing to distract themselves. You know, we've seen it all year, different coping mechanisms. So that alone, you know, is rising because here in North America, we're headed, and Europe, we're, headed, we're in winter. So other countries, you know, have already been through their second wave and are coming out, and we're going, we're, we're in it. So that's already enough right there to bring people more anxiety symptoms. But when you also have a pretty powerful eclipse and a very, also another powerful astrological alignment coming the week after at the solstice, um, with Saturn and Jupiter shifting from Capricorn into Aquarius. That's another, just another big change where we're not sure where things are going. And um, we can feel change coming. All of us can. And again, everyone has a different response to it. But that's why I point out these patterns when I do spot them. Um, if people overall feel... Um, there, there's an uplifting time to come with the solstice, and so do I. And just ride out this eclipse and uh, see what it brings up for you. So I wanted to bring a more relaxing show, but one that I also hope will could be um, affirming if you're already an introvert or an, and educational if you're not. You know, we're heading into, as I said, second wave if you're in North America or Europe. 
We need to learn from introverts if we're not already. We need to embrace our inner introvert. We need to be okay to be alone for a little while and to be calmer and to do things on our own. We need to learn to entertain ourselves and be okay without as much human stimulation because it's not forever. It's just for this next potential, this next time of the, of the second wave. We will see our friends and family again. We will date again. We will have outdoor events and stuff again. You know, it's vaccines just arrived in Canada as I speak, pretty much. I just saw in the evening news that um, this evening a plane touched down that has brought the first round of our vaccines. You know, in the U.S., they've already begun. In, the U in Europe, they've already begun. Now we have to see what's going to come. But, you know... Thank goodness that everything in the process uh, was made more efficient. That's what I understand from listening to certain doctors. Um, it's not that the vaccine has been developed too fast, too soon. I mean, there's still a little bit of, it's still a little nerve-wracking when they say, oh, here's this vaccine so quickly. But from what I'm hearing from a lot of medical people, they basically just bypassed a lot of the waiting and approvals and waiting and approvals and bureaucracy that happens with a normal uh, development. And a lot of these technologies apparently have been in development for over a decade related to SARS and other, other viruses. So let's pray that the vaccines work and do not have adverse reactions so that all of us can start to feel relieved and look forward to a different time. But for now, we st we're still in introvert mode, so tonight's show is all about introverts, affirming you if you are, helping you learn to be one if you're not. So I hope that you'll enjoy the show. If you feel compelled to reach out to me for a reading over the holidays or you want to give a session to a loved one, you can reach me at river-rain.com or clairvoyant medium Catherine Allen on Facebook and Catherine River Rain on Instagram. Um, tonight's just a mix of thoughts and ideas, quotes, poems, and a lot of music. And it's all designed to put you into more of an inner state, a calm and rested, more reflective state of mind. So I hope you'll stick with me. And uh, I hope that it's a calming and restful show for you. And um, I think that's about all the announcements I have. Yeah, I'm just wanting everybody to stay safe. All right, so here is our song of the week. You saw it coming, but looked away. Now they are running from your jealousy You have been living in a house of cards You watch them fall into another's arms Now you're left counting the hours There's no 
rest The voices get louder You protect the lies that surround you While they dip their feet in your water Ooh. They tried to warn you But you turned your cheek Surely you knew that you were growing weak Only listened to your thoughts and fears You kept them close And so you lost five years oh. Now you're left counting the hours There's no rest, the voices get louder takes you see where you see where you're inspired to go no plans being in your head and your memories as you meander and look through books or shops on a path somewhere looking at architecture noticing the trees the flowers do you seek the moonlight? Do you go out when the moon is full? Do you make sure? 
you go out and see the sunsets as if you have a relationship with the sun? How many of you might have some introvert tendencies after all?
Top 10 Benefits of Being an Introvert Number 1. They are insightful. That's a pretty important one. Do you appreciate people that are insightful? You know, you're speaking about your life, you're talking about situations that are frustrating you or you can't solve them or you don't understand why. And, you know, an introvert will step in and say, well, it sounds like and then they make an observation and you're like oh my god that's true I never saw that about that they have insight they can help you they've been observing things for a while they're able to see patterns so insightful very beneficial right takes us away from all the reactivity that we see right now Number two, they think before they speak. Ha. We need a little more of that right now too, don't we? Or do you find yourself doing that already? Because I find lately, even though I'm already a good listener and an introvert, with the level of polarization that we see going on, I've realized you have to step back just that one step further before you speak right now. Do I really need to say this? You know, am I really saying what I mean and not just saying something too quickly because the level of reactivity and conflict is so high? Number three, they listen. Do you have people that listen? Do you have a hard time listening? Listening would be almost like the first thing that I would work on if you want to be more of an introvert or learn from them. It's listening. Number four, they are loyal. This is true. They don't give their attention or time or emotion to just anybody. They have observed. They have listened to you. They have observed and noticed things about you and they have come towards you or let you in because you have passed certain criteria or tests that they are looking for in a person and they like you. So if they're in your life and they have let you in, you made it past a bunch of gates and they are loyal once you're there. Very important to understand about an introvert. Number five, they appreciate the little things. They don't take things for granted. They're grateful. So those little things might be enjoying the candle flame or noticing if you've changed your hair or maybe they do something thoughtful for your dog because they know how important your dog is it's the little things number six they know what they want yeah we've thought about it quite a bit we know what we want we're looking for it If we don't find what we want or we don't see it very often, we can get discouraged, but we do know what we want. And half the battle with lots of times, right, with people is they have no clue what they want. So how can they even start? An introvert knows and they're looking. Number seven, they're in touch with their emotions. Yeah, so if you speak to somebody who is, let's say, highly extroverted, most of the time, they're, they're just reacting. 
are spouting off on something and you say, oh, how do you feel about that? They'll be like, huh? What do I feel? What do you mean? <laughs> right? <laughs> or they might say, feel, I don't know. I, I don't know. I guess I feel angry. I guess I feel this way. It's like, well, you guess or you are. A lot of the time they don't know. They haven't named it. They don't, they don't know their own emotional scale well enough to say, ah, this is when I'm like this, I'm angry. When I'm like this, I'm just frustrated. When I'm like this, I'm actually a bit depressed. So introverts know intimately what their emotional scale is, and they'll tell you. So if they start telling you, today, you know, I'm, you know, I'm 50-50, I'm a little more on the calm side, um, pretty mellow, and you say, oh, well, no, maybe you're just, you know, having a, this kind of day or that kind of day, and you project on them, as a lot of extroverts do, and they, they'll get mad, the introvert, because it's like, no, I've thought about it, I know myself, and I'm telling you, I'm not asking because I'm confused, you're the one who's confused. <laughs> so that comes up a lot with introverts, they know how they feel, they know their emotions, also means that they're going to be able to handle seeing them and know what they are in you as well, or in others around them. Number eight, they are comfortable with silence. Okay, was that awkward? Not for me. Comfortable silences. Are you able to have comfortable silence? That's another great one to start with. There's a lot that you will notice and feel in the silence. Don't be afraid to feel it. Don't be afraid of the silence. I think right now maybe that's one of the harder things about staying home for everybody. Quarantine. Maybe they've got TVs and phones and radios and everything going off all the time just to fill the silence, fill the make noise, fill this gap. When there's a fear of feel of silence, because then you're gonna hear yourself think and you're gonna feel your emotions and you might be overwhelmed by it. But you might also find that sometimes the silence just feels amazing. And that it doesn't mean that it's because there's bad thoughts or feelings. Sometimes the silence will let you feel peace as well. If you're always filling yourself with noise, distraction, others, you never have a chance to feel affected too much up or down, but you never have a chance to to feel some true peace. Number nine, they are open-minded. That's very true. Most of the open, most of the open birds, uh, introverts that I meet, they've given an awful lot of thought to things, and I think it's because my, my theory would be we know ourselves quite well individually, and we know that Everybody is different. Everybody is individual, just like we are. So we're a little more open-minded towards the fact that not everybody is the same and doesn't have to be. And number 10, they're independent. That's very true. So I wonder if people need to work on being okay with being more independent during this time as well. It can be it can be a real uh, sense of accomplishment and, a, and a, almost a high sometimes to be 
independent, to know that you can do stuff yourself. It doesn't mean nobody loves you. It doesn't mean no one's there for you. It just means if I'm alone, I can do this for myself. I'm good. That's a strength. Independence is a strength. So hopefully this little thing will help you reframe the introvert that maybe you have inside you. This is an article 
WordPress by uh, Catherine Smith, written in 2015. The Quiet Ones, Benefits of Being an Introvert. I'm just going to read you a bit of it because it's quite well done. It says, We are who we are. We're molded and shaped by genetics, experiences, and environment. In the, in the society we live, we judge and get judged on a regular basis. The extroversion-introversion way of categorizing people is a way of thinking about differences in personality. So let's first talk about introverts. They're usually the aloof, shy ones, while the extroverts are those who are energetic and blend well in a sea of people. There may be some misconceptions about introverts. An introvert is a person who's energized by being alone and whose energy is drained by being around other people. That is one of the best definitions ever, if you want to know. This is why, during this pandemic, you're going to see who the true introverts are because they're going to tell you that they're okay. They're going to tell you that they're fine staying home. They're actually going to be the ones that are taking up their hobbies or cooking or getting their whole house clean. They're going to be the ones who are actually happy to be working from home online. They're going to be the ones that feel like, you know, they'll be able to ride out um, the holidays without missing anybody or anything too, too badly. And this doesn't mean they don't care about people. They do like people, but they have a threshold of how much energy they can give to a group or a social situation before uh, they find that they just get tired. And introverts get energy by being on our own. It's so true. So she says, introverts usually choose quiet time and inner reflection, but it doesn't mean they're awkward or loners. So what's in it to being an introvert? So here's a list of top five health perks. These are health perks of being an introvert, okay? All right. Number one is that introverts tend to sleep better. Hmm. Despite ever-increasing tasks and activities that make us all tired or stressed, it's the extroverts that often still find the time to stay up late socializing, telling people how their day went. In fact, scientists said that social butterflies experience more sleep deprivation than those who stay up late attending social events. Huh. Who, oh, sorry, who resists staying up late for social events? Many introverts, on the other hand, view sleep as important as it is essential to good health. So if you meet people that are really true introverts, that's true. I'm not 100% introvert. I'm more... Uh, social extrovert when it comes to that I will stay up late to finish conversations um, I don't put sleep above everything else but an introvert will they'll be like I'll come to the concert but my bedtime is this so I have to leave by then and they will an extrovert will be like oh and they get wrapped up in the in the music or the the people that they're that they're seeing and they won't they'll forgo their bedtime if they're having fun so does that help you distinguish if you are? It also says that introverts have a lower chance of obesity. 
So experts have found out that introverts are more in tune to their internal feelings and it prevents them from overeating, which it does not for extroverts. Introverts have lots of space for creativity. Very true. Introverts aren't easily influenced by others and so what every by what everyone else is doing. So with that, they're more open to their own ideas and solutions. On the other hand, extroverts tend to have more attention to social norms because they're motivated to be friendly. Interesting. I also think introverts um, place more value on the creative process, perhaps. So they give more time to... Again, it's a way that they that you commune with yourself to be in your creative process. So like if you love to paint, well, you can't be chat, chat, chatting and yak, yak, yakking while you're or on the phone or on the computer while you're painting. You know, the painting is an all-encompassing activity. And as you paint, you're expressing something and you're feeling something. And so it's an internal process, even though you're painting something external. So not that every introvert or every creative person's a painter, but that's just a good analogy. That can happen with any creative process. So introverts like their creative time for sure. Number four, introverts have powers of deep thought. Yeah. Introverts have more activity in the regions of the brain that process information, make meaning, and solve problems. You can never tell if an introvert who's sitting quietly in a meeting may be taking the whole thing in, building mental connections, or doing deeper processing. Yeah, very true. Introverts are deep. There's nothing wrong with us going deeper. And number five, introverts have more time for themselves. That's because they're happy and content with their own company, whether it's reading, browsing their social media, enjoying a walk, they have a great sense of self and they make time for mental and physical aspects which allow them to reflect in life. Being an introvert also has benefits despite the misconception of people calling them weirdos and stuff. Each introvert in the world is different. So doesn't mean someone is quiet. They're already introverts. Same goes with someone who has a certain amount of friends isn't always an extrovert. So does this help you a little bit? Do you recognize yourself? Can you see how some of those benefits or traits could be helpful to you, especially during a lockdown? I think so.
Treat us like we are fragile. Yeah, don't do that. Act like introversion is an affliction. Yeah, not so much. Equate introversion with low self-esteem. Uh-uh, uh-uh-uh. Just because we're quiet doesn't mean we don't have high self-esteem. Keep talking, talky person. Assume 24-7 introversion. Not true, not true, not true. So sorry, but I can't help you with your computer. <laughs> oh, yes, you're introverted and quiet. You must be a geek. You must know computers. All right, underestimate us at your own peril. Yes, for sure. Say, it speaks, after I made my point. Yeah, don't do that one. Give unsolicited communication advice. Right. Thanks. Got it. Um, don't need that. Just choosing not to say anything. Or sometimes there's just no room to say anything. And finally, make another graphic on how to care for your introvert.
piss off an introvert? Make one more graphic on how to care for introverts? Right. Well, let's just read one of those how to care for introverts anyway, shall we? <laughs> and you know, if you're not sure if you are or if someone you know is an introvert, if you think any of these 12 points of advice would apply to them, chances are. All right, number one, Respect their need for privacy. Number two, never embarrass them in public. Huge. Number three, let them observe first in new situations. Very, very good advice. Number four, give them time to think. Don't demand an instant answer. Yep. Number five, don't interrupt them. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Number six, give them advance notice of expected changes in their lives. That would be for big stuff, obviously. Number seven, give them a 15-minute warning to finish whatever they're doing. Yes, very important. Let them wrap up. They hate abruptness. We hate abrupt abruptness. Uh, number eight, if you must reprimand them for something, do it privately. Number nine, teach them new skills also privately. Number ten, enable them to find one best friend who has similar interests and abilities. Number eleven, don't push them to make lots of friends. And number 12, respect their introversion and don't try to make them into an extrovert. Ah, such good advice on that chart. So did you relate to any of it? Anyone close to you that you can think of who really reacts to any of those things? We all are on the spectrum somewhere of introvert and extrovert. Some are more extreme. People who are quite introverted, uh, they're definitely going to fit most of that list. I've been reminiscing, feeling like I'm missing Something about the way you used to smile When you hit me with a home truth Looking back on my youth You were always on my mind You were my sofa
always on your own But I'm making up your own mind I was just something you ignored Told me I would make it Baby, don't mistake it All I ever wanted to be was yours You my sofa But words, they won't put you to bed at night And words, they don't feed you and hold you tight Saying can't fill out the cracks in the walls So call me out if there are things I promise I'd make for you Tell me straight If there are things I swore I'd make for you All I want is the best for you And all of my love is yours About, but words, they don't put you to bed at night And words, they won't feed you and hold you tight Saying can't fill up the cracks in the walls So call me out if there are things promised I'd make for you Tell me straight If there are things 
That's what I do for you. The windy house, the bike repair, the paint on your walls. All of my love is yours. Sonnet for an introvert by Norman Nicholson. Brick up my eyes. Let the lid-traveled blood, layer by layer, block out the sniping sun. Stucco flesh congeal to a barricade, mortared by sleep ooze, pointed by the careful bone. Shutter my ears, throttle with rubber bands, sorry, with rubber thumbs, the gilt-edged offers of the canvassing day. So within my shard skull's hollow rooms, my words may echo in clanged tautology, buttress my limbs against the corrosion of the dry rot at the heart, the crumbling nerves against the explosion of the grenade love that cracks the brittle facade of reserve. Bolt fast my body, seal from roof to toe what others do not see, I need not know. Sunny and overcast 
Introverts.com. A manifesto for introverts. There's a word for people who are too much in their heads. They're called thinkers. Number two, solitude is a catalyst for innovation. Yeah, do you think Einstein was out there blabbing to half the neighborhood all day long? Would he ever have gotten anything done? No. Neither will I, neither will we. Let yourself have some time alone. Never know what you might come up with while you're alone. That's one of the beauties of, of this time. This is, a, this is a rare time in our lives where we have an extraordinary amount of time at home and alone. Make use of it. You might come up with the best idea you've ever had. Number three. The next generation of quiet kids can and must be raised to know their own strengths. Yes. Sometimes it helps to be a pretend extrovert. There's always time to be quiet later. Yes, that's a good skill to, for, to just help life adapt a little bit. Um, but in the long run, staying true to your own temperament is the key to finding work you love and work that matters. Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah, if you're going against yourself in any way, it doesn't help you to align with the right people, the right job, with a sense of a mission or a purpose in your life. Very true. One genuine new relationship is worth a fistful of business cards. <laughs> that's a good one. It's true. One new relationship is, you know, it, it's already going to take a lot of space in your mind and your heart, as it should, if you're going to know people on a deep level. It's okay to cross the street to avoid making small talk. <laughs> That's good. How many introverts listening to this have done that? I've done that. I've definitely done that. Not all the time. But once in a blue, yes, if I see certain kinds of people coming, I'm like, you know what, I'm going to duck in here. Um, next one, quiet leadership is not an oxymoron. Oh, I could say so much about that one. So let's say quiet leadership. Have you known people in your life who didn't have to say much and they were able to still hold power in a in a group or in a meeting or in just drawing attention uh, to something or someone in the room. Oh yeah, you don't have to be talking to do that. It's presence. It's a matter of presence. 
It's how you hold yourself. Think about the quiet, you know, uh, protests that Gandhi did. All they did was stand there. They weren't yelling. They weren't saying, hey, hey, ho, ho, this has got to go. They were just standing there. Your presence is actually very often more powerful in silence than it is in talking. A lot of times talking is a way of filling in the discomfort of the silence. So if you are feeling okay to be calm or silent, it's hugely powerful. It's mysterious as well. All right. Love is essential. Gregariousness is optional. Oh, that's good. That's good because we often feel like, oh, if I'm going to meet somebody, I'm never going to meet love. I'm never going to find love if I'm not this extroverted, gregarious person. Not true. A lot of introverts and quieter types find love and find a deeper love a lot of the time. We know how to spot each other. Up oh, and the final quote from Mahatma Gandhi, in a gentle way, you can shake the world. And that is so true. That is so true. Think of this as a metaphor. Think of when, you know, one little drop of water at a time over a long enough time will create um, like a gap or a line in a rock. It has that much power and it's just a little drop. It's just over time. It changes the course of the flow. Or that other example we just used, somebody that comes in the room doesn't say much. They still alter the energy of the room. They're still there. They're still part of it, even if they're not talking. Sometimes by their silence, by their listening, by them being present, they're actually raising or changing the energy dramatically in a room. I, I've definitely experienced that when I've done that. And even just, um, even if you say nothing and you're silently thinking stuff, people feel it. You know, you can be sitting in a, try it. <laughs> well, we can't right now. When we gather again, think, okay, think about the last group thing you did or a family gathering or a board meeting or whatever you were at. Now imagine you're sitting there saying nothing, but you're thinking, God, get me out of here, get me out of here. Versus if you're thinking, this is really interesting. That person's really interesting how different your energy is and you're not saying anything but everyone feels your mood they can we can all feel people's participation or resistance we can feel judgment or acceptance without words you know and an introvert isn't just externalizing it but you can feel it from them and it's the same way with in a gentle way you can shake the world by the way you carry yourself through the world by the thoughts you're thinking by your level of acceptance or judgment you can bring peace to a bus you can bring your share you know or you can bring your tormented head it's up to you you know if we spend a little more time to ourselves and alone we will be able to process our feelings better have a little bit of detachment or insight and we won't get so uh, triggered or riled up all the time and then we'll be more effective so right now 
it's really a good time to learn how to be a bit more of an introvert. Get in touch with that side of yourself. You're going to benefit from it. And if you're already an introvert, enjoy. Enjoy this because this isn't going to be forever and we're all going to have to go back out there and, uh, and get used to the world all over again in a whole new way. All right. Beat a boss, then 
and you got a pretty wife And you can talk in circles the rest of your natural life Younger you, 
Let's read you a list to inspire you at the end of this evening with some famous introverts. Yeah, famous introvert. Sort of, normally we'd think, oh, that's, that's sort of an oxymoron, isn't it? But no, no. Lots of people who like their own time and reflect and think a lot can, can be uh, quite successful and innovative in this world. So I'm going to read you the list. So number one is, of course, Albert Einstein. Yes, one of the world's most recognized and revered physicists. He's often been quoted as saying, the monotony and solitude of a quiet life stimulates the, cre the creative mind. There you go. Next one, Rosa Parks. Yeah, Rosa Parks who took a stand and refused to give up her seat was an introvert. See, this is the thing people don't understand. People that are quieter who are introverted actually have a lot of strength. I don't know why we think loud means strong, but we often act as if it does. So yeah, Rosa Parks, introvert. Bill Gates. That one's not a surprise to me at all, though. He says, well, I think introverts can do quite well. If you're clever and you can learn to get the benefits of being an introvert, which might be, say, being willing to go off for a few days and think about a tough problem, read everything you can, push yourself very hard to think out on the edge of that area. Then if you come up with something, if you want to hire people, get them excited, build a company around that, you ha you, you're better... Um, you better learn what extroverts do. You better hire some extroverts and tap into both skill sets and uh, have a company that thrives both in deep thinking and building teams and going out into the world to sell those ideas. Mm-hmm. Next introvert, Steven Spielberg. Interesting, huh? You'd think a director would be an extrovert. So it says, you know, even one of the most successful, wealthiest, and influential personalities in Hollywood is an introvert. He's admitted as much, and he says he would prefer to spend his time getting lost into his movies. And that sure tells you everything, doesn't it? You've got this uh, highly, highly creative, innovative person and he's an introvert, and it's allowed him to come up with all of these amazing ideas. Sir Isaac Newton. Well, a scientist, that doesn't surprise me for some reason. Eleanor Roosevelt. Now that one we wouldn't have thought of because she's a first lady. Um, she was a woman who gave 348 press conferences as first lady, United Nations delegate, human rights activist, teacher, lecturer, and yet she was an introvert. Mark Zuckerberg, yeah, CEO of Facebook, says he's shy and introverted and often doesn't seem warm to people he doesn't know. 
but he is warm. He really cares about people who work here. Interesting. Larry Page, co-founder of Google. He became the search engine CEO in 2011. Many believe that he was an odd choice because he's personally reserved, unabashedly geeky, and said to be introverted. Well, to me, it makes sense that a lot of innovative or techie people are going to be introverts. Al Gore. Huh. Another former vice president, presidential candidate, author of Inconvenient Truth, all of those public speaking engagements, and yet he calls himself an introvert. See, because introverts are people that get their energy from being alone. They enjoy being alone. They get energy from their projects. They want to spend time on their creativity. They want to read. They want to process. Doesn't mean they can't go out there and speak or that they, they are not social. It's just that they, they find those experiences more tiring or draining. Marissa Meyer. I don't know her name, but it says she is the CEO of Yahoo. So again, another geeky shy. She says, I'm just geeky shy and I like to code. <laughs> Abraham Lincoln. So, wow, another president. A president to me. Um, introverted leadership skills have often been studied by researchers. Because of his geekiness, he had a certain dignity and a certain quietness to him. Very interesting. J.K. Rowling. Oh, yes, writers a lot of the time would be introverts. You'd have to be. You'd have to be. We need so much time when we write our books. Warren Buffett, huh, known as the Oracle of Omaha, one of the most successful introverts and businessmen in the world. According to Buffett, when he started out, he had the intellect for business, but he felt he had to enroll in the Dale Carnegie uh, How to Win Friends and Influence People seminars because he didn't always have a business persona. Interesting. Mahatma Gandhi, that name comes up again. Known for being the master of nonviolent resistance. Right? In a gentle way, you can shake the world. Hillary Clinton, really? Huh. Former First Lady. Um, she says she isn't an extrovert like her husband Bill. That might be um, some of the reason why people don't feel that she is as warm of a person. Yeah, that's, that's very possible. Michael Jordan. Interesting. You would think of that. Huh. An introverted athlete. You know, it's funny, like, because people love him. I think sometimes, for some people, the introverted quality works with them and makes them more likable. Charles Darwin renowned scientist and author of The Origin of Species. Yeah, that makes sense. To have observed humanity to that degree, you'd have to be an introvert. Meryl Streep calls herself an introvert. Huh? Number 18. Interesting. Says she's known for her preparation and becoming every character she's portrayed. Well, now that makes sense, right? We think actress. No, you're out there. You're like, you're good with people. You're constantly talking to people. But it does make sense when we think about how detailed her performances are, right? How she understands the, every character in detail. That's why she can bring us such amazing characters. 
Elon Musk. Hmm, interesting. Founder of PayPal, SpaceX, Tesla. He went from being an introverted engineer to being the next Steve Jobs. Interesting. Yeah, well, again, you need space and time alone to innovate. Dr. Zeus. Oh, yeah. Another great author. Fantasy, just like J.K. Rowling. Well, not it's kids, but, you know, it's still fantasies. Yeah, in order to be, how are you ever going to create a different world? To that degree, a whole universe. If you're not spending time alone in your head, you just won't get there. You'll just be regurgitating other people's stuff. So if you want to be original, you need some introvert time. Frédéric Chopin, composer. Yes, music composer totally makes sense. How are you going to compose or hear music or work on music if you can't enjoy your own company and feel what you're doing? Steve Wozniak, so the founder of Apple. He says, I'm going to give you some advice that might be hard to take. That advice is work alone, not on a committee, not on a team. See, I agree with a lot of that. Oh my goodness, I never would have thought. Barack Obama calls himself an introvert. You're kidding. Now that I wouldn't have seen. It says, in fact, the New York Times says, being led by Barack Obama is like being trumpeted into battle by Miles Davis. <laughs> he makes you want to sit down and discern. Interesting. Hmm. You would never have thought Obama, would you? But maybe now that you think about him twice as an introvert, can you see that side of him that might enjoy his time alone? He definitely feels like someone who's sitting down thinking a lot. We know that. But he's so good at being outgoing. And he's a good speaker. And I believe that people who are good observers and good speakers are usually very good listeners. All right. So I'm going to leave you off with a couple more tunes. And uh, as usual, if you would like to reach me for a reading, if, if this content has stimulated you in any way and you would like a, a little bit of uh, support around your introverted side or how to cultivate it, please don't hesitate to reach out river-rain.com. Have a wonderful week. We will be back with an exciting show about the solstice and the upcoming age of Aquarius. I used to laugh like a bastard Now them days are long gone I used to piss myself with my silly songs Used to take long walks on beaches and dreaming to the ocean Now all my dreams seem out of reach And I just haven't got the notion Ah, but a uh, honey girl When you're looking at me With your big brown eyes You know my heart sink to my belly And I forget what I despise No all my street Or the albino children you know I'd like being naked If I wasn't so thin Oh, in my dreams 
Rose colored roses, half filled poses of you with other guys. Oh, it seems I was Moses, you were Jesus Christ. Zipper the new day, freckles of God are on your arm. The low blue jay whistle me something you know I like to hear. Well, I'm opening up my door. Ain't there what we're here for? It's like I've always known. It's magical to think about and realize I've grown. Oh, in my dreams, colored roses, heartfelt poses of you with other guys. Oh, it seems I was Moses.
Thank you.